Hello. Hello. Uh, uh, welcome to today's session. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for seeing me today. It was, I've been, I don't know, things have been really bugging me lately. Things have been really getting to me. It's, it's just, I don't know. I, well, I had something kind of more specific that I wanted to talk to you about today, I guess. Mm, mm. Okay. Um, well, what is, what's, what's been on your mind? What's been bothering you or haunting you? I've been really bothered lately by men. Mm. Yeah, no, no. Men men can be men is quite complicated. You know, they can really contradict themselves a lot, you know. Men are a little bit scary, but not really as scary as people try to make them out to be. No, no, I mean uh, kind of sexy, you know, in the scariness. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I agree there, but that's you know, that's not really what I'm talking about here. I, I, what I mean to say is men. Oh, okay. So less so of like men as like the people and more as like men is like the concept and, you know, the way it's sort of like put on people, a sort of cycle of rebirth that, that men N represent. No, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not explaining this well. Uh, I, I'm referring to Men, the movie by Alex Garland that just recently came out. Have you seen it at all? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. What was it? What was oh, it about okay. again? Something uh, about it guys. Was, it was about guys being dudes. Yeah. Oh, Jackass Four. Yeah, I know. That was that was really great. No, not that one. The other Men. Yeah. Oh, I I Alex. went. Alex. Garland's man, the guy who doesn't make good movies. <laughs> the guy who's really been struggling. Uh, yeah, I went and I I decided to go see Men. Uh, you know because it, it, you know it's been it's it's been a while since I got out to the theater. It's I you know I, I figured I would go uh, go people watch and uh, just see you know what the men get up to on screen. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, what who better to make a movie about men than a man? Yeah, I agree. I think so. It's a very sort of like uh it's it's this sort of intersectional representation. It's this sort of uh you know, it's very uh he's 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 staying in in his lane with this movie. Yeah. If there's one thing he's definitely doing. Um, and he's he's already demonstrated how good he is at writing and representing women. Yeah. So I think it's time for us to also see, you know, like how well can he write and represent men? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, well, we, we've we both seen Annihilation, his prior film. I, I was going to say, complicated is, is very, very shocking to hear from an Alex Garland film. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> it's... Uh, muddled, I would say. Mm -hmm. Confused. Mm -hmm. Um, not as smart as it thinks it is. Uh, little obvious. Yeah. Um, drive by. <laughs> kind of a sledgehammer but, of, uh, you know, themes or whatever. Sort of starting with an idea and then not going any further with it. Mm. Uh, but you'd say, but you'd say men is complicated. Complicated. Um, yeah, I guess what I would say, well, the best place to kind of start is to really 
you know, really sort of describe the film and what the film is. Uh, so. Okay, I dare you to try to describe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, shit, fuck. Uh, Without just immediately jumping to the ending sequence. <laughs> describe. We're- what menace i feel like a horse with like a carrot on a stick in front of me right now i (laughs) i feel like i am being asked to eat my veggies before my porridge uh yeah so men is a film about harper harper is visiting out in the country uh she's you know she's just lost her husband her abusive husband has killed himself in front of her very eyes and she's traumatized po- by that. Possibly by accident. Possibly. Possibly on purpose. It's you that's know, that's how you know it's a thinking movie. It's a thinking it's, man's movie, even though it's, it's very. It's they, it's because they tell you that it is a suicide, and then they go, or maybe it wasn't. <laughs> oh, ooh, maybe <laughs> you did it. Accident. <laughs> maybe you did it, you horrid bitch. Uh, yeah. Kind of showing the hand of where the movie goes, but uh, she escapes to the countryside to to stay in an Airbnb, and she is accosted repeatedly by more and more British men. Uh, All look bafflingly the same. Bafflingly similar. It's interesting. Uh, Yeah, they all all the men are played by Rory Kinnear, um, who I've simultaneously never seen before, and I've seen. 5,000 times before. Yeah, no, he's, he's one of those actors. Um, jumping ahead a little bit, including the teenager. <laughs> <who they laughs> deep fake his face and hairline onto. Which makes I... him look like the doll from the boy. So, oh my god. Yeah, so that would be kind of like a major scene where I started to kind of see really where the movie was coming from, where they were just kind of not really going to worry themselves with the, like, stylistic aspect of, you know, the suspension of disbelief around a, like, adult man photoshopped onto a boy's head uh, calling a woman uh, a bitch because she doesn't want to play games with him. She doesn't want to play squid games. Uh, we want to play uh, hide and seek, <laughs> uh, a thing which the character is both too old and also too living in 2022 to ask an adult to play with them. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, Britain. There, there's no telling. If, when... Oh, that's yeah. That's that kid could have been eight. They could be playing <laughs> hoop and stick over there for all I fucking know. Uh, yeah, that's that one's tough. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot that this movie is asking of you, which is is really interesting for a film that is such a forum argument of a movie. Uh, like, it's this kind of, like, half-thought situation of, like, hey, what if you had to live as a woman and men were just fucking awful all the time? What if? What, what if, what if, what if? Which, to about 60% of the population, comes across in a, in a very specific way. Uh, a very interesting way. If you're gonna, like, make a movie like that, I feel like you should, like, really hate women in the way... (laughs) (laughs) Like, in the way um, Lars von Trier does. Because at least you'll give me something, like... At least you're just gonna be telling on yourself. Right, yeah. But this is like, oh, wouldn't it be terrible to be a woman? 
I not not if I was there. <laughs> if I was there, it'd be fine. Not if I had something to say about <laughs> not it. If I had something to say about this, because yeah. then it's like, okay, you're not telling me anything you didn't read on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, oh, you read a Twitter thread about how uh, about some woman explaining her experience of getting like harassed on the BART, and you you read one of those Twitter threads that starts with every woman you know has been passed over for a promotion at the advertising firm <laughs> where got, she works. And he got so, so steaming mad. He threw his hat on the ground and started stomping on it. <laughs> and then he wrote men. Uh, yeah, so there's there's the teenager with the adult man's head. Uh, there is, uh, you know, the pastor who basically kind of unsubtly says... Hey, maybe your husband killed himself because of you. You ever thought about that? Maybe it's because you're oh, just such an awful we, bitch. We have to circle back around that pastor. That pastor exemplifies like everything wrong to me with this film and also with Alex Garland's uh, filmmaking decisions that he tends to make. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll come back to that guy. There's him. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the guy who runs the Airbnb who... I, I guess it's supposed to be kind of the not all men character. Like, and then it's supposed to be like, oh, even even the chivalrous man will betray you. My spoilers, uh, that is established by after he tries to help her, she accidentally hits him with his with her car. <laughs> and that just makes him go crazy. I guess that's what that's what it takes to turn a man into a misogynist. <laughs> is to run him over if your car <laughs> you know yeah that that like which like not to be like oh he should have been a good guy but i feel like a smarter film could have made it so that he's on the far end of extreme like the right. far farthest end of extreme for that kind of behavior where it's like he's not overtly sinister or malicious and is kind of a good guy but still sort of ultimately still condescends to her and that ends up putting her more in danger. Like he's, he ends up being an accomplice to the others, but not like an active participant. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that's what a smarter film doing this kind of thing would be. But no, it's just, it's like, ah, uh, man, even the guys you think are good sometimes, you know, like sometimes you got to trust your gut and they'll just, they'll just freak out and try to hit you with a car after you run them over with your car. <laughs> <laughs> they will simply fucking lose it and go edgelord crazy and try to and try to murder you. <laughs> I, I I guess it would make me mad if I got run over. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I would hunt down the person quite quite the way that he does. But that's not a that's not a qualm I have with the film. That's just a very it's yeah. just a very, very silly sequence of events. Um Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's not like that's the critique of it. It's just that it's like it feels very like he got to the, that point of the film and was like, fuck, I forgot to do something with this guy. <laughs> this guy's got to get real bad real fast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of the typical Alice Garland thing, just like trying to make a point, trying to, uh, you know, just trying to wrap things up nicely and neatly. Um, and then we have uh, Naked Man. We yes, have, we have new man. We, we also have the cop, and yeah, there is the cop. all a bunch of guys at the pub as well. There's like a Fina type in this town. <laughs> <laughs> this is... 
It's just the one guy. The one guy. Rory Keener phenotype. Yeah. A real Pokedex of gentlemen that we have to choose from here. Uh, which collectible men card did you get at your screening? I, I got uh, Jeffrey, which is like a really common oh. one and doesn't go for anything on eBay. Yeah, no, I got the um, I got the the ancient Mew, Mew card. They just had a bunch left over still, so what they the gave fuck? us one of those instead. I also got a Marvel's Inhuman slap bracelet. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I actually do have. I actually do have still. Jesus Christ! Damn, I gotta uh, go back to the AMC and see if I can pay them for the for all of the men cards. Uh, well, because they, you know, this is a film that encourages you to like, you know, really rewatch it so you can be like. Oh, where where are the you know where are the Rory Kinners I missed you know like <laughs> oh when when she's on the phone uh, and it glitches was that the face of her her late husband I saw? Oh, uh, you could pick up on all the subtle foreshadowing like when there's an axe in the background and they say we'll use that axe on them, <laughs> and then they do Check later in the axe. film. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's something, there's a, a little bit of an awkward thing with this film that we we also should, I guess, touch, cover, talk about, um, which is that man, he saw an Ari Aster film and it ruined his fucking life. This, <laughs> this man was absolutely demolished by Hereditary and Midsummer, and he wanted to make one of those. Um, how successful do you think he was at making one of those? Um, I just rewatched Hereditary. It is incredible how much you can miss the bar on Hereditary. <laughs> how much you could miss like one of the big things of Ari Aster's films, which is that there are scenes that are intentionally funny, or at least could be funny or could be horrifying, so yeah. that. So that the scenes that are just horrifying are more horrifying. But when you just don't let up on it, it it just makes everything ten times campier. Yeah, I mean, something about just like the tone, trying to kind of emulate that Ari Aster tone. Uh, but it it just lands on goofiness. Uh, it's really, it's really rough. Like the sort of these Gregorian chants, they're like kind of going in a thousand different directions. Like, oh, and then you have this like shot of a like pagan statue that they're doing like goofy lighting effects to. Uh, yeah, these, I, like, I, I slow paced things that are going on. I, I looked that up and I guess that's supposed to be um, the green man, which is why that one guy also wears a bunch of leaves and stuff. Mm hmm. Um, and it's basically um, a about the cycle of rebirth in spring, like in paganism. Mm. And so much like how Ariaster will kind of draw on a lot of pagan imagery in order to like construct his own specific lore of the universe he's working in to give it its own rules and its own ideas and to kind of connect imagery and th scenes in his film into larger politics or larger cultural discussions. Uh, it seems like Alex Garland was just like symbol of rebirth. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> Got it. Metaphor found. <laughs> uh, thematic backbone of the film. Secured. Yeah. <laughs> this is a load bearing metaphor. people. <laughs> right? And yeah, it it that's kind of what it's meant to be. Um, 
I, I don't know if I can go any longer without talking about it. I, like, about, the, about the cycle of free birth? I, I'm getting the shakes. All right. All uh, right. We're, we're jumping ahead here. Uh, <laughs> hey, for Hey, you what know what happened? would be fucking crazy? <laughs> you know what would be fucking wild and wacko? What if, what if there was a man, a naked man from the forest, and he gave birth out of his pussy to another man who gave birth to another man who gave birth to another man? Uh, we really, there's some, there's some things to unpack about this ending here. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to call it on its face transphobic. It's just a little, it's just very ignorant. Yeah. Very, like, hyper misguided. It's, it's funny because it feels like the way he tried to go around that was like, okay, so, like, the first one comes out of his butthole. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, so that one's like, you know. That's not where that's not where trans men give birth. They give it out of you know that one comes out of the butthole. So it's like you know it's like an impreg fetish thing. Yeah, uh, and then another the one I don't know comes out of his 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 mouth, uh, and then the last one uh, shoulders. Yeah, uh, back. Uh, I I don't know where the the fourth one's gonna come from. We'll just cut away. We'll just we'll, <laughs> Harper will just get bored after the second one <laughs> and just leave. So fucking and, funny. Oh my god. I like lost it laughing when she just walks away. She's just like <laughs> just I'm done. Like, like, oh alright, I see what you're doing. I'll I'll catch up with you. Ugh, it's like when you know where the scripted path that an NPC is taking is going and you just go to the end of the level to wait for them. Yeah. Well I mean like when your abusive uh boyfriend or husband or whoever, like when they have a tantrum and they start giving birth on the floor of the living room, you just got to kind of ignore them and like suffocate the energy and just, you know, it's not about giving in. It's like, you know, uh, yeah, I, I feel crazy. I feel crazy about the end of this movie. Uh, it's, it's extremely funny. Um, the shot of the teenager who was just given birth to, he just kind of stands up and he just goes, uh, and then he like throws up an entire other man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god, it's such a fucking insane scene. <laughs> it's psychotic. It's it's so extreme. Uh it's it's like one of those things where it's like, man, in like an Ari Oster's kind of film or something, I could see this being like super morbid and horrifying. Cause whatever, he accomplishes body horror, I guess, with it. Sure, yeah. But everything else that happens up to that point in the film, and then that sequence is so absurd that it's just it becomes it becomes cartoonish. Yeah. It becomes it becomes like a Danny DeVito bit. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> It's Danny DeVito spilling out of the couch in always. Yeah. <laughs> it it really is just like one of the lessons he took from an Ari Aster film is that like, oh, so when people are naked, it's scary. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. He has this sort of surface level absorption of of like the Ari Aster thing that he's that he's trying to do. I, I don't know. I'm just so weirded out by how hard he's copying copying notes here like uh, it's 
it tries so hard for that tone. Uh, very, very, very blatantly, I would say. Uh, and I mean, like, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to copy notes. It is what it is. Art is hard. Yeah. Art's not easy. Great artists uh, steal or whatever, whatever the <laughs> thing people would used to say to defend Quentin Tarantino is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but here just. So, so bizarre. And, and of course, the culmination is that they give Empreg birth to her abusive husband who killed himself. Uh, supposedly yeah. because of her and who killed himself in another thing this movie and it's just like weird like very heavy heavy handed but to what end imagery where her husband is like half crucifixion imagery mm -hmm. like you don't just come up with like so he fell to his death and the injuries get recreated on the the men and then that's what causes him to be reborn or whatever yeah. so they have to be iconic you're like okay so he falls in a way where his hand just just half crucifies on a fence yeah yeah in like the most insane possible like how did he fall like that <laughs> <laughs> how did he turn his body in that way to like hand land on that and then rest of him land <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a really, I don't know, it's its just a very heavy-handed, heavy-handed and then definitely, like, kind of, you know, like, kind of getting off on, on, I don't want to, I, I don't want to say getting off on it, like, trying to do the sort of, like, shocking image thing uh, in a very heavy-handed way. I, I was not, a, I was not really a fan of that. Uh, the the apple imagery from the tree too, and that same sort of thing. Oh yeah, where she eats the apple, and then another thing they they take the like uh, everything falling out of the tree from Antichrist. Yeah, what the fuck? It's like such a lineage of weird, weird reference points. That's man, that's like such a weird aspect of the movie too. Is that it's like very it's like fart sniffy and for in terms of like all the reference points are men. They're yeah, you didn't like. Did you, how what was your consulting process on this on what was the what was the process of theorizing this did you did you watch a movie by a woman did you talk to a woman did a woman write any part of this uh so just very weird i'm i'm looking at the side here uh no <laughs> <laughs> not even on the production credits it looks like in just insane very <laughs> brain brain work good brain good smart smart brain do uh yeah so and a kind of case in point for that uh well the the movie ends with her supposedly having a showdown with her ex-husband but you don't see any of it it cuts it hard cuts to her sitting out front you know, covered in blood or whatever, and she's like, she smiles at the camera, and then the movie, and then the movie is over. No, no, no. Her her friend shows up. Yes. And she's pregnant, which is the which is like the other funniest reveal in the film because <laughs> it's just like, eh? why? <laughs> Anything? <laughs> Did you catch all the pussy imagery in this film? Check this out. Hey. This bitch is pregnant. <laughs> This character who uh, you've only seen the face of, she's pregnant. You only saw her face because she was pregnant. 
Oh. Weird that her, weird that her best friend never asked her how that was going. <laughs> Not a part of any of the conversations. Oh, how's the baby doing? No, don't do. I I don't care. Don't tell me about your baby. I, I'm gonna drive three four hours. Oh, it's a four-hour drive. I'll make it in three. I'm gonna drive extremely fast. Eight months pregnant. <laughs> No expression of concern. No, like, you should probably be a little safer than that, considering the fact that you are about to pop. <laughs> Maybe you could have got a man to do that driving for you. Huh? The movie's yeah, called hey, where's, it. Where's the father in this relationship? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right, ladies? Where's... <laughs> you know what this movie fucking needed? More men. Where are the men? <laughs> Uh, I only saw two men in this whole film. Everyone was. <laughs> Which, Goddamn. Sidebar. Casting choice with the abusive ex versus the abusive men. Mm. That's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. I could see maybe just that. Um, God, what's his name? Uh, what's the actor's name? Oh, uh, uh, Papa Esido? Yes. I could see, you know, it's just, he's really good. He does a really good job in the film. He's probably one of the better actors in the film. Yeah. Um, I could see it just being like, you know, they they just cast him because he plays the role really well. Um, but <laughs> it's a very British sort of short-sightedness on Alex's part, I would say. Right. It's like... The, the it's an immediate if, like gory death for him uh and just like all of the loaded stuff about what's the most violent type of man there is uh at the, at uh -oh. the heart of every abusive white man uh, there's your implied to be mentally ill black ex yeah <laughs> i guess is the implication here yeah, not again. Like a kind of another symptom of the movie. Not not thinking too hard. Not right. not you know. Uh, another thing they lifted from Ari Aster. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not like you couldn't do that in a different concept. Yeah, makes sense. Like if the sort of meat of the film was similar that would probably be something that you could handle pretty easily. Mm -hmm. um, but when the kind of big, your big like, ah, look at what I'm doing here, conceit is that all the men of various threatening stature towards this woman are played by the same actor, and that actor is white. Right. Then to be, but at the heart of it all is her abusive ex, and then have that abusive ex be black feels very just like you didn't think that meant like you put so many metaphors in this film and you missed like probably the major one <laughs> yeah yeah like it's uh, you know it, th that he is kind of seen as like the progenitor of all this violence and like the model for all of this violence it's 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 like not very well thought it's not especially very well like argued. you're dude you live in the uk like what <laughs> <laughs> what, hey what insanely racially loaded conversations have been happening in the in the uk around i don't know specifically protecting women yeah 
Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a very man. The the UK. We're going to talk about a place. It's just hotboxing themselves with absolute. Ugh, just bizarre direction politically that 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 country is going, and uh, you know, by extension, I guess our country. Yeah. Like I said, I it's not like I'm like, well, you couldn't tell this story. Da 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 da. It's just if you're gonna tell the story in this way, like you're you you're not thinking about anything in this story. You're not even <laughs> thinking about like the most basic core metaphor of your film. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's the thing that like. The film is constantly it's it's very barbed toward the uh the woman main character. Everyone's constantly telling her like, "Oh, maybe he was right, maybe you are a horrible bitch, maybe it was your fault that he killed himself." Uh and I think that Alex Garland should have an abusive ex-boyfriend if he wants to make the abusive ex-boyfriend movie because there's not really a lot here that shows he understands the reality of that psychology and the like abject selfishness uh and the sort of like thoughtlessness of that type of abuse because there's not really any sort of coherent response given toward it at any point in the film, it's really just something that she is forced to experience over and over and over again. It's just the experience of watching this woman get, like, re-traumatized and harassed over and over again. Which is, like, yeah. I guess that's life, but, you know, there's no... She has to, you know, she like, for the film to work, she has to have a response to it, I would think. It, it, well, because ultimately, even though it's, uh, you know, men and it's about women's experiences or whatever, it's really just kind of about an obsession with men by men again and not even again in an interesting way. Because even if you get the cycle of rebirth thing and you're reading it as like, oh, well, this is about like, you know, cycles of abuse and how men pass on these behaviors to each other and like praise each other and reinforce them with each other. It's like, okay, but, like, why does there need... Why are we following this character, then? <laughs> because, yeah. like, you're not giving me anything about this character other than just, well, she's the woman. <laughs> In fact, the film would be better if it was called The Woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which is, unfortunately, man. already a film from 2011 by uh, Lucky McKee. Oh, God Which is it. also about misogyny. <laughs> oh, we gotta watch that one now. Shit. Uh, I have... I. It's it's written about it's um what's her name covers it in House of Psychotic Women. Oh, Kira Uh Yes, it sounds uh, atrocious. Okay, <laughs> but it sounds it's it sounds like that kind of super evil misogynistic film that ends up being more interesting because of it. Because when a misogynist makes a movie about the scariest thing they can imagine being a woman, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I haven't watched it. I might be wrong. It is the same director who did May, which I, I thought, oh. was, which, yeah, it's the same director as May who did The Woman. Okay, that's uh, hmm. so it could be really good. I know the House of Psychotic Women author seemed to spike. Uh, I remember said pretty decent about it. Right. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like I also remember reading a little bit about it and it's just being like this movie sounds like it's either like really really interesting but like really difficult to sit through or really difficult to sit through and you come away with it being like <laughs> 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 
that that leads to actually so using that to jump back to the priest character that exchange like to me demonstrates so much of like the problems in this film Mm -hmm. is because okay set up premise i'm there yeah she's fucked up she's lost she's confused this shit's being really really weird she's encountering like maybe kind of cultish stuff going on in the woods oh good old religion that's what offers all us in our times of need. Oops, I forgot that a lot of religions in the West especially are super patriarchal. So, of course, they're still going to take the side of my abusive ex. Um, one, her response to, like, the specific way the response is filmed, where he's like, oh, you must feel some guilt, and she's like, I don't. Yeah. Is very, like... Wh- not that she should feel guilt. Right. But, like, you would. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyone, like, anybody who's been in a situation where, like, somebody who did awful shit to you and you putting down hard boundaries leading to that person, like, getting worse or something happening to them, you yeah. feel guilt about it because that's how that shit fucks you up, is it makes you feel like, oh, well, I should have just taken more pain. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, Right off the bat, it's like, okay, you don't actually understand the psychology of your own character. Um, But then also she, like, gets up and the priest, like, basically smells her seat. And it's like, why does he also have to be a horny (laughs) It's like, you're like, the guy's, he doesn't come off as creepy and, like, invasive and, like, evil enough. He also is horny. (laughs) (laughs) He's also like, oh, okay. <laughs> horrible. Oh, he's yucky. Oh. Oh, he wants to have sex with her. And if I was a woman, I wouldn't have sex with this guy. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a huge like, thing. What, what's the point? Like, why? Why? You have so many other male characters that can have an uncomfortable interest in her, including the teen character, who would probably make the most sense for the metaphors of the film. But. It's like, ah, uh, horny priest trope. Here it is. <laughs> the priest is also horny. Priest horny. Horny priest. Priest horny. Hor- horny priest guy. Yeah. Um. Really. Again, not very, not very like lived in, just really kind of short-sighted and uh, surface level conversations about a really complex form of guilt and PTSD. Uh, that's really the ultimate thing about this is like, this is, yeah, like, it is a horrifying psychological event. It is designed to basically, like, break Harper, make her feel the same sort of, like, grief uh, and horror that supposedly is felt by James, the ex-husband who kills himself. Uh, and that is not very thought through. Uh, Like, and I would also say just, like, Pulling from Ari Aster again, like, the, the tone of these types of conversational scenes that happen in, in Ari Aster's films is, like, they're very, like, they want there to be more depth. They're, they're super loaded, and they want for you to be like, oh, you know, Tony Collette's character, she can't really, she's in, like, a between a rock and a hard place. She, she can't really, like, say no to this other character who she doesn't know, like, what the what the wants, what the impulses of this, like, strange occult lady that she's talking to is. Uh, But she, like, she feels like she needs to talk to her daughter. She needs to make contact with 
her daughter and like she needs to do all of this stuff and the depth grows and grows and grows and here in men there the depth does not grow she's like no i don't feel bad no i don't feel yeah. bad no i don't feel bad and then at the end of the movie she's like no i still don't feel bad Ugh, come and get me. I'm totally being harassed by these, like, weirdos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Just, it's, it. it is simply, it, it is simply not that deep. And I wish that it went a little deeper. There was a, um, uh, uh, like, random comment or something I read somewhere that, like, of a, of a person's interpretation of the film that made me wish we got that film where they were like, yeah, I kind of like the, like, you know, like the metaphor of like using, you know, in horror films, like so much of like slashers and stuff, it's all like kind of just palette swap, uh, slashers terrorizing the like women over and over again. So like, it doesn't really matter who's who's stalking her and stuff. It could be anyone because they're all kind of the same and they all sort of like perpetuate the same system, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, that would have been a really cool idea if the movie did it. <laughs> yeah. And if it wasn't just like the weirdest grab bag of trope kind of characters that aren't really tropes, but are like discursive tropes. Right. And then. Just. Yeah. It just doesn't do anything with what it's doing. Yeah. And it's it's the classic Alex Garland thing of just thinking it's way smarter than it is when it should have been either smarter or honestly simpler. <laughs> it could have could have just made a really simple film. It probably would have been more effective and scary. Just make a horror film. Lady goes to town, everyone's got the same face, she's fleeing the death of her abusive ex and i don't know the town is doing a ritual to to bring him back from the dead for some reason yeah there you go yeah you know i just watched recently that had that uh had sort of similar kind of thing like that but was like way better Mm. um give me one second to to get the name right messiah of evil Mm. weird weird super stylish but really cool like 70s horror film looks like it was filmed on um like construction paper <laughs> just the worst like film that. stock the worst film stock possible <laughs> like <laughs> like it it came on a vhs transfer when they filmed it oh my god um looks looks beautiful but it's about like just people in this this like woman coming to try to find her dad and there's obviously like a lot of like weird history there and it's you know basically uh, a shadow over insmith kind of film but it's really good and cool. part of the reason why it's really good is because it just tells a simple horror story and uses all the stuff in the background to flavor it and give it a sense of real lived experiences that the audience can relate to uh it is not a series of metaphor set pieces <laughs> <laughs> through which you are piloting this film's Barbie doll that you have picked up. <laughs> god. Yeah. Usually I like Barbie doll filmmaking, but oh my god, it it really depends on the voice of the uh the voice of the creator. Are you excited for uh uh the Barbie doll movie? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Who, who's the director on that again? Barbie movie. Uh, um, I know it's got Margot. 
Uh, yeah, I know, yeah, it's got Margot. It's got like a, it's got like an insanely good looking cast so far. Yeah, it's got Harry. Uh, fuck, who was the director attached to it? Uh, Greta Gerwig. <laughs> that was it, Greta Gerwig. Yeah, insane get. <laughs> just, just an absolute insane grab for that film. I'm so stoked for. I'm more stoked for that than this movie. <laughs> I I definitely definitely am. Uh, yeah, I remember I remember thinking Lady Bird was all right. It was, it was, you know, it was good. Uh, which sounds very, I don't know, it sounds condescending to say it like that. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, but I get, I get what you mean. It's, it's. Oh no, mm. she co-wrote the script with Noah Baumbach. Well, all right. Uh, I mean, I'll well, still watch it. I'll still see. It. I mean, it's about Barbie. They can't. <laughs> They can't do the normal thing that they do in their movies. <laughs> it's about Barbies. Come on. I mean, can can they not? If it, I mean, if it's like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling having like fights for the entire screen time, that might be that might be worth it. That might be really good. Yeah. No. I mean, that's while while looking like Barbie doll characters. <laughs> Just an insane, insane film. I'm definitely very excited for that. No, I I am. I am hoping that people are learning the correct lesson from the Batman, which is that uh, stunt casting works if you do it correctly and your movies should be insane. Your your movies should sound like an insane pitch. (laughs) It shouldn't be like, oh, my God, that's the role they were boring the play. It should be like, bam, we got this director for no reason to direct this IP and we're casting uh, a rat man from TikTok. (laughs) I don't know. It, it would be a little bit. I would be remiss to kind of bring up that uh, Alex Garland has been having like a bunch of like interviews where he's talking about how like unconfident he is about this film and how he kind of wants to quit making movies because he doesn't have fun doing it anymore. Uh, and he's been showing up at a bunch of screenings for men and being kind of sheepish about the film. Uh, so, you know, uh, sorry for going so hard on hard on the film, Alex. Um, you're right. It's not very good. But I feel a little bit less, uh, I don't know, less sort of sympathy because he did sign on to do yet another film with A24, uh, which is going to be called Civil War, which can only be more heavy handed. Oh, come on. Come on, dude. You can't follow. You can't follow up that little sheepish like. Well, with all me, this movie making is real hard. <laughs> and then go anyway for my next film. I'm it's gonna be the Civil War. I'm for the for my next film. I'm gonna bite off even more than I can chew. Alex, learn how like two people talk. Or you know what? <laughs> Maybe don't. Maybe the Civil War will just be a lot of really beautiful scenery. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll give them that. His movies look good. Yeah, they look pretty They're all right to look at. You know? Um, maybe he should lean into that. There's plenty of films that I like to just look at. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I Maybe, maybe I need to just get, get a little bit more uh, more involved in the Garland-verse. He's done a lot more things than I than I remember he's... Yeah, I, I, I didn't know done. that he was a story supervisor on uh, the 2013 Devil May Cry game. Yeah, that's fucking... It's insane. That's probably and the... he wrote three books. Yeah, the twenty eight yeah. <laughs> days later guy, uh, the fucking the sunshine guy, the dread guy. I guess I never saw dread, but people seem to like dread. Uh, I don't know. Just a hit, a little bit of a hit and miss 
situation here that we've got. I don't know. He had he had three misses in a row. Well, actually, you know what? I'll okay. I haven't watched all of Ex Machina. I've gotten twenty minutes in every time I've tried to watch it. Yeah, uh, my, I would not recommend completing Ex Machina. I, I remember I remember seeing it in theaters in twenty fourteen and being like, oh, that was kind of interesting, and uh, thinking about it for about two seconds and being like, mm, eh, eh. I that is. I'm still just like so enamored by the idea of just playing off like oh, i don't know movies are oh, movies are hard like that's how you're gonna get people to soften up their blows on your movie that you that you know is gonna flop <laughs> and then to just immediately be like anyway my next movie's about the civil war that's such a that is such a male manipulator move <laughs> alex garland you are the men you're the men hey, why why are his grandparents names blue uh <laughs> love to hear that love, <laughs> love to hear that about uh someone who's working in the film industry just once i want to see some red in in, in the name of like the parents and grandparents of someone who's I famous. see their parents names and then in brackets next to it citation needed yeah that's what i want come on we need more filmmakers like that stop it with this fucking generational wealth bullshit this is why we get movies like men ugh hold on let me check something here um yeah his grandpa's wikipedia page is longer than his jesus christ (laughs) that's men for you am i right uh can't uh live without him pretty pretty happy most of them are around i don't know i I, I like men all right the real life implications of men, I think, is more a little more optimistic than this movie kind of uh, states. I mean, like, there can be transgender men; those exist too. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, there's, no, they're making they're making new kinds of men every day. There's all the sorts of factory. <laughs> there's all sorts of guys, types of guys. Mm. They're not all Rory Kinnear. What do you call this act, <laughs> men? <laughs> um, I did see a really uh honestly mediocre article because i feel like this people make this point every time there's a new movie about people arguing that this film kind of represents the end the beginning of the end of this sort of genre of metaphor horror uh Mm. because it literally just tips over into the point of like parody this is i've i've been seeing a bunch of those there's been so many lately i've been seeing where it's just it's like i'm watching it and i'm like if you did like a scary movie style parody of these kinds of films, which by the way, I thought about it. I just said the title would be um, after, after a personal tragedy. Cause that's like the plot synopsis for all these films is always <laughs> like after a personal tragedy, comma, um, <laughs> just call it personal tragedy tragedy. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, there's so many scenes in these where it's like, you would just need to take it like a little sillier to make it just comedy. Oh Yeah. Not very so, not very much sillier at all by like a millimeter. Some of it, yeah. some of it just add, was straight up funny. Add add three more births and you got a punchline <laughs> to to a, a Wayans brother comedy. Yeah, we gotta we gotta hit up the Wayans brothers. We gotta see what we can see what we can do about this. This is a cottage industry waiting to be born. 